you know, maybe, maybe your head's on the game tonight or whatever. I was like, I really only know one person I can think of that really cares right now. His name's Steve Kazmarzik, and it's because for some reason he's a Patriots fan. Uh, you, can, you can get the story out of him on that. Uh, but, uh, and, and then I was like, Super Bowl, what's that? What about the Preds getting the fish back? Yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about. Is there, a, is there a Preds game tonight? Can we go to that? I want to go to that. Let's go get some tickets if there is. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No, I, 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 do, I bring that up to say this. You know, your head might be there today, and I, I want to encourage you to hang with me to what I'm going to talk about today. Um, uh, maybe more so than ever. Uh, maybe because it's just the simple message of the gospel. Um, and um, uh, this morning I just as you know I've been talking for several weeks of just like who we are and what is important to us as 24 church and uh, and and there's this piece in 24 church you you've seen it it's out there on the wall if it's if it's on the wall it's important like you know we don't put many things up uh, you know we uh, but uh, you know we've got this saying that says gospel family mission gospel family mission and you know, it's important to us that we live on the mission that God has given us. We'll talk a little bit about that today. Uh, it's important to us that we are the family of God and that we are a family for each other. Uh, and that we exist in, in part of our existence and uh, glorifying God is that we would, we would be there for each other. That we would love one another. That he, even through the crazy stuff that, uh, you know, when we let each other down that we would still... Uh, show forgiveness and grace to one another, another like uh, like God has done for us, and that He's glorified in that when we do that. And then there's that gospel piece, gospel family mission, and 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 that gospel piece. You know, it, it, it's it's you know really the simplest piece, right? But I think for so many of us, I think so many of us today, I think uh, we struggle some days to even be able to articulate what does that even mean? What's the gospel? What was that? What is that? What is the gospel? And so today we're talking about that, and, and today we're talking about specifically what it means to know Christ as your Savior. And, 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 I, and, and before you check out, because maybe you've grown up in church, or uh, you, know, you're, you know you're a Christian, or whatever it is, I, I, just, I just want to ask you to continue in the mode of being open to how the Holy Spirit may speak to your heart today. Uh, because I, I, have, I have a fear. And it is a fear that pastors far and wide have, and I've talked to many of them about it. Uh, and, and it's not, you know, will we make budget, and will the church, you know, continue to exist years down the road? All that stuff. I'm not worried about any of that. I, I, I'll be honest, I just don't, I don't worry much about that stuff. You can ask our finance team when I get together, have gotten together with them in the past, and I'm like, ah, I'm not worried about it. It's like, this is what God's leading us to do. He's going to do it. Uh, he's, he's gotten us to here, and he just continues to show out uh, in those ways. Um, and, um, you know, but the thing that I worry about, and, and I'll get to the worrying piece and that I find peace in Jesus here in a minute, uh, but the thing that I worry about is that, uh, that there are people in churches who believe they are Christians, but they have never truly received Jesus as their Savior. They've done a lot of good things. They've been to a lot of church services over their life, lifetime. They've They've, you know, whatever, maybe they walked an aisle, they got wed in a baptistry, whatever it is along the way, but they maybe don't really 
know Jesus. Let me, let me help us explain, I'm going to kind of explain this as we kind of go through today. And by the way, my, my goal here is not to make people feel guilty today. Uh, my goal here is not to get people to, uh, you know, doubt their salvation today. If, if, if God has saved you, awesome. Uh, my goal here today is to get us as believers to see what our mission is and how important it is. Uh, but And then also for those people that are not believers to hear clearly the gospel and in, in hopes that they may believe, in hopes that the Holy Spirit may, may, may speak to their heart through the Word of God and do something amazing like save them from their sins and save them from death and, and give them life here and life for eternity. Uh, and that's, that's my hope today. And so uh, this morning we're going to uh, look at a passage. In fact, if you've got a Bible... Uh, with you, and you want to go ahead and get it out. We're going to Romans chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers will bring you one. Uh, just throw your hand up and let them get you one. If you don't own one, uh, then you can keep that one. We'd love for you to have it. It is a gift, and uh, what an amazing gift uh, the Word of God is. And, and even we're going to speak to that even just a minute, and it's just this awesome reminder of how powerful uh, the Word of God really is. Uh, so, Romans chapter 10 is where we're going. Uh, <coughs> But I want to ask you about uh, uh, a word, a word that you've heard before probably, um, and it's the word faith. And what is, what is faith? What, what does that mean? To, to, to have faith in something means to believe in it. And, and, and for us to have faith in something means that, that sometimes it's something that we believe in that uh, maybe it's not a tangible item uh, that we can hold on to or whatever, but, uh, you know, so our faith in the Lord, our faith in Jesus, our faith in God is this amazing thing uh, that when you're first believing in Jesus and who He is and what He's done, there's, a, there's kind of a step there. There's kind of like a, you know, a step into the unknown of, of who God is and what He's done. And, and, you know, but, but there's belief. You know, to have faith in something means you believe in it. You don't have faith in something you don't believe in. You know, I, I, I love picking at uh, all my friends who, who, do, who love college football. I have no dog in the hunt on college football. I could care less. I, I care a little bit about NFL thanks to the Titans. Um, and and De Bears because I grew up on De Bears, uh, but uh, Ditka. So, um, but though you know the whole like you know people that I see that like every season you know I've talked about this before every season they're like oh yeah my team we're gonna we are in it to win it this year, and I, and I look at them and, I, and I'm like they still got a team over there you know you know and because I, I love poking the bear you know what I mean but but I mean I just I think to myself like okay so so you haven't won it. You haven't won the whole thing like in 20 years, but you think this year is the year just like you thought last year was the year, and you thought the year before that was the year, and you thought the year before that was the year, right? You know, and, and so like some faith, let's just face it, is like blind faith that like, you know, I'm not sure it's like founded or whatever. The beauty, the beauty of faith in Christ is once you've experienced having a relationship with Jesus I don't know how I don't know how people don't believe. Like I, I'm, I'm at a point in my walk, in my walk with the Lord, and in my relationship with God, that I have seen God do so many amazing things. I don't know how somebody wouldn't believe. And of course, now we we get it because we were there once, and we were, you know, we were like, I don't know, I don't know if I believe, I don't know, you know, it seems crazy and all this kind of stuff, but. 
you know, uh, you know, and Chad mentioned this in the first service, you know, it's not a fairy tale. It's not, it's not a bedtime story. It's something, it's something that has happened in the history of our world that God sent Jesus and He died for us. And He lived this perfect life. And, and why, why is it important that He lived this perfect life? It, it was important because He had to be the perfect sacrifice. And you're like, sacrifice? What in the world? What are we getting into all this? Well, so we've got sin. You and I are sinners. You and I are sinners. Uh, Romans 3.23, for all have fallen short of the glory of God, for all, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and, you know, and, and so for us this morning, to recognize that we're sinners, there comes a point along the way, there is a moment, there is a point where we recognize we're sinners and we recognize we need Jesus. If I take you out into the middle of the ocean and I throw you out into the ocean, and maybe you're like, maybe you're like I'm a great swimmer, you know, I'm, I'm fine, you know, I'm good, I, you throw me in the ocean and I'll swim out there, you know, well... If the boat starts to turn and we start to leave you, there comes a point where you realize you need someone to save you. That is true for us as sinners. There comes a point where we recognize the need for someone to save us. And the truth is is that there has only ever been one, and it's Jesus. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me except so in other words there's no other way there's no like you know well if i do a whole we we do a whole bunch of stuff with the church and we go to church a whole lot and we grow up in church and church and church and kindness and love and we're going to just kindness and love our neighbors and you know just all this stuff I'm, i'm here to tell you today we can't earn it it's a gift our salvation is a gift and you may be sitting here today you may say well chris i you know i believe i believed in god you know, long time ago. In fact, I've always believed in God. Great, good. And it's those statements that cause me to believe that as Jesus says that there are some who will call on the name of the Lord and He will not know them. I don't want that to happen to us today. I don't want that to happen to you today. I don't want that for when that time period comes, when you go and we as we all will, stand before God. I don't want you to get judgment. I want him to see Jesus when he sees you. I want him to see Jesus when he sees me. Because I'm a sinner and I need Jesus to stand in the gap for me, to stand in front of the judge, to stand in front of the Father. Because he's enough and I never will be. So, faith, believing. You see, believing is something you can't fake. Believing something you can't fake. You either, do, you either do or you don't. You either believe your team is really going to win or you don't. You know? Or, or, or you kind of have like that half-hearted belief. Like, a, uh, I might, might. Might do it. Got a good chance. Might do it. You know? and, and there's nothing wrong feeling that way about your football team. But I'm going to tell you, there is a problem if that's the way you are with your faith. Because if that's the way you are with your faith... Then, then your faith is struggling. Now, we, and we say this all the time, we want this to be a place where you can come and struggle with your faith and your belief. Uh, but, but let me just clearly state, you know, God has either saved you or He has not. 
and there has been a moment somewhere along the way in which God has done a work that only He can do in helping you to see that you are a sinner and you need a Savior like you are swimming out there in the ocean and you need a boat. You need a life preserver. I want us to look at this. Romans 10. Romans 10 verse 8. And we'll break some of this down as we go and some of it I won't have the time to really talk about but believe it or not we're staying to one passage of scripture today. So Romans 10. Romans 10 8. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. The word of faith that we proclaim in your mouth and in your heart. Now, it, you know, Paul talks in this passage, and I love that he does this. He talks in this passage a good bit about our heart. And, and that our heart is involved in the process of this. This isn't a going through the motions. It isn't a, I've got an equation to get saved. It's not a, here's X plus Y equals Z. Okay? It, it is something different than that. It is something that God initiates. We're going to talk about that. We'll see that here in just a minute. Uh, it says this, and, and of course we saw this, that is the word of faith that we proclaim. That is believing in something that we are telling others about. We're going to talk more about that. Verse 9. It says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Now let's talk about that for just a minute. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So, Let's talk about the confessing thing for just a minute, the confessing thing. And again, I want us to be careful that we're not trying to build an equation of how to get saved. I want us to see God's interaction and His instigating the things that lead us to being saved, okay? And so the, con the confessing thing is, a, is an important piece for us today because it shows something on our end. It shows, it shows that we recognize we're a sinner, and that we need Jesus. Recognizes that we are fallen. Recognizes that we have sin. Again, for all sin fallen short of the glory of God. We've all got sin. Everybody's got sin. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. Hey, right? I got, you know, I got some family members who don't think that they are, but whatever. Um, you may too. And, and, you know, but for us to recognize that we are sinners and that we need a Savior, that's a huge step for us. And usually, usually in that step, something happens. Usually we, we start to ask questions. We're like, we're like, why would God do that for me? Why would God send Jesus to die for me? Why would He have Him shed His blood, give His life, defeat the grave, come back to life? Why would He do that for me? I don't deserve that. I'm a sinner. I mean, it's understood we're all sinners. Why would he do that? Because he loves us. He cares for us. In fact, let me, let me say this to you right, right now. Just kind of take a, take a minute. Uh, I felt led all week to just say this. If you're here today and you're struggling right now, God wants you to come to him. He wants you to run to him. He wants you to find peace in him. And let me say this. Peace is this huge part of our lives that so many of us are not getting any of. 
And it's because this. It's because we're not pursuing Jesus. If I talk about anything in 2018, I'm talking about pursuing Jesus. If you haven't picked it up so far. We need to pursue Jesus. And, and like, not, not like need, like you, you should do it to be a good Christian. No, I mean we, we need it. Like we need it like we need food and water. We need it. Like we need Jesus. We need time with him. I sat with two ladies yesterday that I, I care very much. I've been a part of a church for a long time. And uh, a younger of the two, uh, just struggling with a lot of things going on in her life, uh, a lot of things that, you know, we could deem being unfair and those types of things and just really struggling. And, and I, I looked at her at one point after I had listened to her share just all these awful things that she's had to go through for some period of time now. And I looked at her and I said this. I said, I said you, know, you know what I think that you need in your life? And she said, what's that? I said, peace. You need peace in your life. And she's like, yeah, I could see that. I said, do you know where you find peace? And she thought for just a minute, and, and I don't ridicule her for this or anything. She's just thinking and just, you know, on the spot and all that kind of stuff. She said, within? And I said, not quite. We find peace in Jesus. Scripture teaches us this. That Jesus gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. I've said that a couple times recently. I'm going to keep saying it because I, th I think we need to hear it. Jesus gives us and provides for us a peace that surpasses all understanding. What's that mean? All, what surpasses all understanding means it doesn't make sense. Jesus is doling out peace that doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like in the middle of the storm, in the middle of like what seemingly must be the worst moments of our life, we can find peace in Jesus. We can find peace in Jesus, which is what I was talking about earlier. It's like as a pastor, you know, I worry about this. I worry about that only so much, and then Jesus gives me the peace that I need to know that he is in charge and he is the one doing the saving. I can't save anybody. You can't save anybody. But the truth is, is that we are both sent to share the gospel, and we will see that in this. It says again, verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. People don't confess unless they realize they've done something wrong. We get to a point where we realize that we have sin and we realize that we need a Savior. Furthermore, it goes on, it says, we confess through our mouth that Jesus is Lord, Lord being like, the leader of me, the king of me, to guide me in this life. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. People, some people go, oh, you know, oh, God wants to lord over you. And, oh, that sounds so terrible. And I'm like, no, that sounds so freeing. The creator of the world wants to lead my life if I will let him. And he cares for me and loves for me as a father. Please, yes, sign me up. He says, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Believe in your heart, you can't fake. You can't fake believing in your heart. I mean, you can fake the rest of it. You can, you can, you can, fake, the, you can fake a baptism. You can fake telling people that you're a Christian. You can all this kind of stuff. But, but I'll just tell you, you can't fake believing in your heart. question today is a heart issue question. 
it's not, it's not do you believe that God exists. Satan believes that God exists. And, 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 and therein lies this, this answer that I hear so many people when asked the question, when did you come to know the Lord? When did, you, when did you receive Christ as your Savior? When did God save you? When they're asked that question and their response is, and, and this is, by the way, if this is you, then red flag, red flag, red flag, okay? And here it is. If, you, if your response to that question is, well, I have just always known about God. And I grew up in the church, and I've just always known about Jesus. And I've always just known who He is. And, you know, I just, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian because, yeah, we just, I grew up in church. I, I've always known about God. No, 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 no. There is a difference in knowing about God and knowing about Jesus and having a relationship with Him in which He has saved you from your sin and become the Lord of your life. There is a moment in time. You should be able to point to a moment in time. I don't care if you've got it on the calendar. I don't remember the day of the week and the, and the month of the year. I can give you a general specific time and I can tell you where I was though. was in youth ministry and our youth pastor had taken us to a camp in one of the greatest places on earth, the Redneck Riviera, Panama City Beach. And we were at this place, and uh, in fact, uh, this past summer, I drove my family right by the building and pointed to it. I think I even took a picture of it, of, the, of this place where I remember the moment. And you see, here's what happened to me. I grew up preacher's kid. Preacher's kid, all, all the preacher's kids know about Jesus, right? Well, yeah, they know about him. Do they know him? That's the question. And as a preacher's kid, I grew up in church, and you know, I, I heard I had heard the gospel. I'd heard enough to understand that uh, God loved me. God wanted to save me. He sent Jesus to die for me, and I was supposed to believe in Jesus. And I knew that if I did that, I wouldn't go to hell. Well, that sounds really good. Plus, I knew that people were really happy with people that came to know the Lord. And as a kid, I'm processing this. And I'm like, how does this work for me? So I remember in Princeton, Kentucky, the church that I grew up in, walking down front, I believe on a, a Sunday night service. And I remember responding to the invitation because I understood that if I went down front and I told my dad, who was the preacher, which I knew he would turn around and tell the rest of the church and would probably cry and it would be awesome and I would get Dairy Queen afterwards. And that was all, that was all in play in my head. That was all in play in my head. And, and, I, and I remember walking the aisle and telling my dad, I believe in Jesus and I don't want to go to hell. And so sure enough, he tells everybody and we schedule a baptism and after the service I'm like, hey, we, I mean, this is a happy moment. We should really celebrate. Dip cones for everybody, right? And I got baptized, and I did all that stuff, and I thought I was a Christian. Everybody else thought I was a Christian. And then before my freshman year of high school, at that camp in Panama City Beach, God spoke to my heart, and he said, Chris, you know a lot about me, but you don't know me. And I want to save you today. And I have sent Jesus to die for you. 
and, 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 and defeat the grave that you might have life here, but you might have it for eternity. And on that day, that day, I received a gift that I didn't deserve called grace and salvation, and I was saved, and my life was changed forever. I didn't just always know Jesus because I was a preacher's kid. You couldn't get closer to the church than me. I lived at the church with my dad, only child, no babysitters, both parents working. I was picking the locks of the church. I was there so much. I can still pick most of them today. It's true. And so I genuinely have a concern for what Jesus says when he says that there will be those who will call my name and I won't know them. I don't want that to happen to you today because you hung your hat on some past legalism, church attendance, did good things, always went, whatever. At some point in your life, there was a moment in which God has saved you. And if there's not, you need to listen to the gospel today, maybe more than you ever have. He says in verse 10, he says, For with the heart one believes and is justified. With the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Do you believe? Have you believed? Have you confessed? Have you come to that moment of realizing I'm in the ocean, the boat's going the other way, I need somebody to save me. I'm drowning in my sin. I'm headed, uh, I'm headed down a road I don't want to go. Judgment is coming for us. And I don't say that as some kind of scare tactic, but it wouldn't be a whole truth if I didn't at least say it. It says in verse 11, For the Scripture says... Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Who? Everyone. Everyone who believes. Now again, you can't fake believing. You can fake telling people that you believe. I mean, you can totally do that. But you can't fake believing in your heart in something. You either in your heart believe or you don't believe. For the scripture says, for everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction, verse 12, for there is no distinction between Jew or Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. Who? All. All who call on him. For everyone who calls on who? For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You may be sitting here today and you may have talked yourself into believing that what you've done in your lifetime is so bad that God would never, never, ever want to save you. Never, ever want you to be a part of his family. He would never... For some of the stuff you've done in your life, surely to goodness, he would never say that he's going to bestow his riches on you. Have you come into the family, right? Like, oh, never, like, so bad. No, 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 no. That's not true. Because, see, he has the saving power to save anyone who would believe. 
anyone who would believe in his heart. You see, that's an amazing thing to me. That's an amazing thing to me. I mean, think, think, think about it. think about what God does for us. I mean, he he does it's not just some it's not just some fire insurance deal. He's inviting us in to be a part of the family. A part of the family, you know? And and, and I mean that, that's so big for us. I mean, you think about it for just a second. Think about think about some of the people that you know that you'd be like, that I could be like, hey, why don't you invite them to come be a part of your family? This person needs a home. They're having trouble finding some place to rent. I want you to just have, have them, have their family. Just come live with your family. They'd be part of your family. Just, come on over. Come on over. Be a part of my family. I know, I know you've just, you know, you've been doing all kinds of stuff you shouldn't be doing. And I know you've, you know, you're on this and you're doing that and you've done this and you know, the law is still after you. But hey, you just come on, come on and live in my house with me and my family and my kids. Because that's what he's doing. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that. Oh, Chris, I can't have them come at me. Do you know? Have you seen them? And they've been in the paper. Right? You see Facebook? Oh, my gosh. Their Facebook page is crazy. They can't come live with me. People, the, the government's watching some of those people. Right? Some of you in here. Oh, it is. But God's, but God's like, hey, believe in your heart. Believe in your heart and what I've done for you. I love you and care for you. And by my grace, what you don't deserve, I am offering to you the gift of salvation today. Believe in me. Trust in me to be your Lord, to be your king, to be your leader. Let me do the work. Let me give you the peace. I mean, what kind of invitation is that? That's just crazy. Verse 14. Verse 14, Paul starts asking questions. He, he, drops, he drops these huge truth bombs, and then he starts asking questions. What in the world is he asking these questions about? He's leading us. He's leading us to see something. I want you to see it with me. Verse 14, it starts, the first question, there's four questions. The first one is, how then, how then will they on whom, on, on him in whom they have not believed? How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they? He's talking about these people that, have, that don't know the Lord. He's talking about these people who have not trusted in Christ to be their Savior. How, how will they call on Him whom they have not believed? And then the second question, and how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? How are they supposed to do it if they've never heard about Him? How will that happen? Well, then He goes on. He doesn't answer any of them yet. And then He goes on. He says, verse 15. Uh, yeah, verse... Uh, no, not verse 15 yet. And how... Question three, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they going to hear about it if somebody's not teaching them about it? And then the last question, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? It's a leading, it's a, it's a set of leading questions. He's, he's, he's thrown down for us what we understand as for the simplicity of the gospel for anyone that hears it who believes in their heart can be saved. 
so simple. But then he turns right around and he's like, but how will they if they haven't heard it? I mean, that's basically the question of four questions right there. How will they if they haven't heard it? Well, if you flip these questions up backwards, because Paul reverse engineered it to basically play mind games with us, and, and for us to get to the end and go, oh, I'm supposed to be a part of that. I am supposed to be part of the mission of God, and the mission of God is partly that I would be sent to preach. Now, see, I think for so many of us, we, we've taken the word preach, teach, we're like, oh, it's just for the pastors on Sunday mornings. Listen, we, we know, we know that we are all called ministers of the gospel. If you have trust in Christ, if he has saved you, you are called minister of the gospel. And God has put you somewhere where the gospel is what is supposed to be heard. Guess what? The gospel is more important today than our opinions. Let me say that again. The gospel, again, is more important than our opinions. Your Facebook page, what is it about? Is it about the gospel? Is it about your opinions? We love our opinions, and some of them are rooted in great things. But if people are only knowing us for that and not for Jesus, we are missing the mark of being sent to preach. Why? Why would we be sent to preach? Because that's how they're going to hear. Paul's asking the question, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? And then he goes backwards to the next one and how are they to believe in in him of whom they have never heard and here's the truth is that god has put every single one of us in in people's lives on purpose that they might hear the truth of the gospel because they know us i say it all the time and i'll say it again for us to glorify god should look like this that others would know jesus because they know us they should at least know about him. I can't make anybody believe. I can't make you believe. You can't make anybody believe. But see, here's, here's this gospel piece that I think that so many of us forget about. And that's that we don't do the saving. We don't do the saving. We're just called to be a part of the mission of where God does the saving. And he says, hey, go tell my truth. Go, go preach it. Go teach it. Go share it. With the people in your life, be sent, live sent lives that others might hear it, that they might believe it, and that they may turn around and call on his name as their Lord and Savior. First question. Remember first question? How will they call on him and whom they have not believed? How are they to believe if they have not heard? How will they hear if no one is called to preach it to them? Who are you called to? You got a mission field you didn't know about. Who are you called to today? It's and it's the it's the little it's the little the little relationships we don't think a whole lot about that God keeps putting in our life over and over and over and over. Those people, they're, they're just little snippets. We get little snippets with them maybe in a day, maybe in a week, maybe in a month, maybe one-time shot, maybe one-time shot that God gives us a chance. And the passage goes on. It says, as it is written, verse 15, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. That's a, that's a reminder for us of like, 
like God's going to use us in that. And I think that we don't think that he will. And I think that we cheat ourselves out of it by saying, well, I don't know enough. I don't, I don't study scripture enough. I don't know enough. I'm not going to be sure what to say. Listen, if any of us leave here today after we go through this passage today and, and we still have questions of the gospel, then study and, and ask God to show you. Get with other people. Come hang with us. Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll meet with you. We'll talk about it. We'll continue to talk about it as long as we need to talk about it to the point that we can just simply share what Jesus has done for us with others. And let God be the one. Let God be the one who leads them to believing. Let God be the one who does the saving. You see, there's this work of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to get to that here in just a second. In fact, let's just keep reading. Verse 16. He says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed that he has heard from us? Verse 17. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. So faith comes, faith, we believing. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Hearing through what? The word of Christ. Oh, wait a minute. What about my word? What about like me talking to him? I, I mean, God's going to use that. But look, let me make something clear. He just wants us to share the word with him. He wants us to share the word with them that they may hear the truth that he may do the work. It's not us, up to us for us to talk them into it. Yeah, in the process, we get to start sharing the stories of what God's done in our lives and, and they begin to see our faith. And God may use that to help them to believe. But it's a process and a work of the Holy Spirit. How do I know? Because it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And you're like, well, the Holy Spirit's not in that. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. In fact, and you don't have to go there, but just if you're wanting the reference or whatever, but Ephesians six seventeen says this. It says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the Word of God, which we just saw here at the end of this passage in Romans, says, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. So it's a sword of the Holy Spirit. You're like, you maybe be like, man, swords... You know, not really my thing. I'm more of a gun guy, okay? I'm with you. I'm with you, okay? I'm with you. I like guns, too. I like guns, too. I want you to think about for a moment, though, at the time that this was written, a sword was where it was at. I mean, a sword was where it was at. You pull out a sword on somebody, and they're like, they got their pocket knife, got their little hunting knife, and they're like, you know, I'm running away. You know, like, you know, I ain't messing with you. You got a, you, you got a sword, you know, it looks like you're a samurai. You know, I'm, I'm out, you know. The sword cuts through. Cuts through the BS of this life to help us to see the truth. And it'll do it for them too. You see, the Word of God has His power, not our power. We don't want it to have our power. I want it to have... His power, he's the one that's got the power to save. He's got the one, he's got the power to help them to believe. And he will. 
because that's his business. That's what he does. That's what he specializes in. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here right now. Because otherwise, how crazy would it be that we're even sitting here right now? How crazy would it be that there's a building here for this right now? Years ago, I was a student and uh, went with our youth group. Joey was with us, I'm pretty sure. And we went to Gatlinburg. God bless it. And we got there, and, you know, when you're in student ministry, and I did student ministry for years after that, but when you, when you go on these trips, you'd get, a, you'd get a piece of paper, and on that piece of paper it would say things like things not to bring and things to bring. Well, the things not to bring was always like weapons and fireworks and, you know, all this stuff, you know. And, and, and of course, we're like constantly like looking for ways around, you know, so you guys can you know, use this. Looking for ways around, ex, ex, except for you, Gracie. Uh, and, and so, it's come full circle. And, and, and so, we were constantly looking for ways around the rules, you know. And so, in, in Gatlinburg, there is still to this day one of these most glorious places, and it goes by the name of China Bazaar. Anybody been to China Bazaar? Of course you have. And for the rest of you, I don't know what you're doing with your life. China Bazaar is a place, in fact, I think they got like three locations in Gatlinburg now, but China Bazaar is this place that you can go and you can buy the coolest stuff. All kinds of knives, all kinds of swords, throwing stars. It's so glorious. Only the highest quality of items for like $10 to $20 too, of course. And I will never forget, we went in China Bazaar and... A buddy of mine, we're going on the way down there, and the whole way down there, he's like, man, I can't wait to go to China Bazaar, right there on the main strip, whatever. He's like, man, I can't wait to go. We're going to go. And he's like, I'm going to get something good. So we, we go down there, and, and we're in there, and he, he sees, and I mean, they have hundreds of them. He sees this one sword, and he's like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's the one. I was like, man, it's got to be a good one. It's like 20 bucks, you know? <laughs> And, you know, way better than the $15 ones. And, and it was red and all stuff. And, and I looked at him and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Because I'm still the preacher's kid. You know, i got to remember this stuff. You know, and, and, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. We're, we're not supposed to bring weapons on the trip. And he's like, yeah, it said don't bring them on the trip. He's like, didn't say anything about buying them on the trip, though. And I was like, I was like oh, dude, I'm so totally getting me some throwing stars. I think that we just forget what the Holy Spirit is capable of doing with His sword, the Word of God, and how it speaks to our hearts, and how it helps us to heal, and how it leads us, and God leads us through His Word. That's why it's important for us to, that's why it's important for us to read our Bibles. It's not because God's over here going, I just want to give you something else to do. It's because He loves us and He wants to lead us to a life that is nothing more than enjoyable when we are in His will and sent on His mission. But it first starts with knowing Him and having a relationship with Him. 
And this morning, I, I just, I can't beg of you anything else but to know in your heart if God has saved you or not. And don't let pride stop you. Don't let pride go, well, everybody already thinks I'm a Christian. If I, if I, was, to re- if I was to receive Jesus now and then tell everybody, I mean, what would they think? I'll tell you what they think because I've already been there and done that. They will say, hallelujah, that God would work in your life despite the human pride factor that might keep you from allowing Him to save you and use you for His kingdom. Don't let the pride get in the way. Today the question is very simple. Has God saved you with His grace from your sin? Are you His? Are you part of the family of God? And if not, I'm going to tell you this. You don't have to leave here today not knowing if you are or you're not. All you have to do is to believe in Him. To confess in Him. If, if He's speaking to your heart, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. If He's speaking to your heart right now, Listen to what he's doing because it's not for me. It's not me. If God's speaking to your heart, it's, it's, if, if you feel convicted over the sin, if you recognize you need to be saved from it, that's not for me. That's from him. Listen to him. Let him lead. Let him guide. Let him save you from those things. Let him do the work in, in you that he longs to do. He's created us and he loves us and he's our, he wants to be our father. We sang just a minute ago. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh may I in him be found. Will you be able to say that? I hope so. Can you say that today? If God's speaking to your heart, listen to him today. I'll stay as long as I need to today. We'll make 15,000 appointments this week. I don't care if you want to talk about what it means to know Jesus as your Savior. If you want to pray about that, if you want to pray and ask Him to be your Savior today, then let today be the day of your salvation. Super Bowl Sunday, 2018. May it be reclaimed for something as awesome as that. Let's pray. God, for those of us that are already believers, we are challenged with knowing that we are sent. Use us for your glory to do so and to be so in the ways that you've called us to, that people might know you, that they might hear the gospel, that you might do the work that only you can do in saving others. God, for anyone that is listening to this right now that hasn't trusted in you, that hasn't believed in you, that hasn't recognized before today that they're a sinner and they need a Savior, God, I pray that today you would move with great power in their life and that you would save them over all the things that have happened. And no matter how much they've turned their back on you, God, that you would gloriously show out how much you care and how much you love them because of what you've done through your son, Jesus. God, thank you. For the cross. Thank you for blood shed and a life given. God, we come to you today and just ask that you would be glorified in us. Save the lost and use us as your 
church and as your family. We love you. Thank you for, your Jesus, for Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.